Hi, Leading Women. We're back with our well-being series. If you haven't listened recently, we're using the five well-being elements identified by Gallup in their global research. Career, financial, community, social, and physical. Why are we doing that? Because it's pretty hard to lead and do your best work if you're struggling in one of those elements of well-being. And you know how much we at Moms That Lead want you to be able to lead with your unique combination of strengths, values, and passion. So today we're talking about one that I personally need to work on the most, social. And no, I'm not talking about the number of post likes or follows that we got on social media, but instead, how well we are able to get energy from those that we surround ourselves with at work and at home. So if you're eager to lead yourself or others beyond loneliness, this episode's for you. With one caveat, again, I am not a therapist or a mental health professional. If you or someone you love or someone you lead is dealing with severe loneliness, please seek professional help. With that said, let's get into it. But first, in case you have no idea who I am or what we're all about on this podcast, let me introduce myself. Are you feeling stuck in your leadership or life? Like each day is a repeat of the one before it? Is your health and well-being suffering as a result? Or maybe you're feeling like you finally have the opportunity to make the impact that you've been longing for, but want to make sure you're honing your leadership skills and focusing on your well-being so that this high will last. Either way, I'm here for you. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder with over 20 years experience developing others toward their full potential. At Moms That Lead, we know that leadership is not about position and that moms have a unique ability to lead and inspire others in all of their circles. We're here to help you thrive so that you can make the impact you long for in your workplace, community, and family. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Okay, so if you're still here, I'm guessing you realize just how important social well-being is to our ability to be the leaders we're called to be. But in case you want some hard data to back up that gut feeling that this topic is worth your time, here it is. First of all, during the pandemic, Gallup data shows that one in four people, that's 25% of us, reported that we experienced a lot of loneliness during the day. Now, of course, clearly there have been a lot of external factors that drove that. City shutdowns, social distancing, working and schooling from home. But I'd argue that that's not all of it. We seem to be even more disconnected in our uber-connected world. So the loneliness will not go away with the ease of the pandemic restrictions. It runs deeper than that and is detrimental to our mental and physical health and to that of those we lead, including our kids. Why else should you care about social well-being? Well, it turns out that social well-being integrates really highly with the other four elements of well-being that Gallup identified. And we can leverage that to impact other elements of well-being. For example, many people enhance their social well-being while working out with others, which also enhances their physical well-being. You can also enhance your social well-being while working together in your community volunteering, which enhances your community well-being. And finally, your social well-being integrates with your career well-being. Many people 
who are leaving jobs say that the one thing that they don't want to leave is the people. I know for me, when I left my job in the corporate world, that was the biggest loss and what had me crying in the airport as I was flying home. Not only that, but social well-being at work improves business outcomes. For those of us in formal leadership positions, as we discussed on episode 56, leadership can feel sometimes very lonely. But when we build up our networks, we are better able to perform. We're better able to work cross-functionally. And we also have better social well-being. In addition, people are more intrinsically motivated to do much more for their friends. You're probably more motivated to go above and beyond for or help out a coworker who you consider to be a friend. Now that we're all working in highly matrixed organizations, there are a lot of requirements for collaborative problem solving. Social time at work helps to build the trust that highly matrixed organizations need to work cross-functionally and to be truly agile. In their research, Gallup also asked about how many people have a best friend at work. Now, only 30% of respondents have that, but those that do are seven times as likely to be engaged in their jobs, are better at engaging customers, produce higher quality work, have higher well-being, and are less likely to get injured. If you want to learn more about that, make sure you check out Gallup's book, Well-Being. The thing is, they also say in that book that you can't rely on one friend to be everything for you. Which gets us to the part of the episode that you've probably all been waiting for. You know it's important, but how do you actually go about leading beyond loneliness? How can you take care of your social well-being and help those that you lead to do the same? Well, I'm going to give you some simple ideas that may take a bit of effort, but that have the potential to reap big rewards in terms of your social well-being. And to be honest, I know this from personal recent experience. It turns out that in the last week or so, I've started prioritizing my social well-being because I saw that that was the area of my well-being that I was struggling in the most. So here are the steps that I've followed that you can also follow or that you can use to help those that you lead. The first step, know yourself. Think back to social interactions that you've had. Which have given you the most energy? Who were you with? Was it a big group or just one friend? What were you doing? Were you working together to accomplish something or just hanging around watching Netflix? For knowing yourself, I love using the Clifton Strengths Assessment that helps you identify the patterns of thought, feeling, and behavior that come most natural to you. In other words, those patterns that are associated with ease, with excellence, and with joy. The assessment has been very helpful for both the women I coach and for me personally to better understand the unique ways that we best contribute at work, in our families, and in our communities. Specific to social well-being, there are a couple of the identified themes that have helped me to understand what I need and how right now I can take action to improve my well-being. So for example, because I have the theme of relator near the top of my prioritized themes, I know that I prefer interactions where I'm working together with one person or a small group of people who I trust, as opposed to other people who might get the most energy from building new connections with large groups. That's definitely not me. Also, because I have the theme of belief high, I know that I get energy from talking with people about my values and my faith. Knowing this has helped me to identify actions that I can take to enhance my social well-being. 
For example, my job as the founder and only staff member of a nonprofit and an independent leadership coach can be very lonely. I didn't realize how much I was missing the opportunity to work together on a project with people that I knew well and trusted. However, over the next few weeks, I've set up a group of people who will be brainstorming new events that can inspire people to engage in fitness and volunteering. That will not only benefit our nonprofit, but it will also benefit me and my social well-being as I get the chance to work together with these people that I trust toward a common goal. I'm really looking forward to it. Also, I plan to find a way to get more involved in nearby faith communities so that I can have a place to regularly discuss my values. Knowing yourself and the patterns of thought and behavior that don't come as naturally to you can also help your social well-being because it can help to drive collaboration. I know those themes that are at the bottom for me or those patterns of thought or ways of looking at the world that don't come as naturally to me are areas that I really need to surround myself with people who are strong in those areas. For example, I just mentioned that there are other people who get a lot of energy from building new connections. That's called having the theme of woo. I know that that's something that does not come easy for me and doesn't give me energy, but that's okay. What I need to do is surround myself with people for whom that does bring energy. It helps when we know what our strengths are, and we also know those areas where others are stronger than us in terms of the thought patterns that come most easily to them. It helps us to fill in the gaps and to build lasting relationships where we can all feel valued and we can all work together. Okay, so whether we're talking about enhancing your own social well-being or helping people on your team to enhance their social well-being, there's the first step. Make sure you know yourself and help others to know themselves. And in particular, what type of social interactions give the most energy. The second step is to create opportunities that fit. So no, a happy hour, in person or over Zoom, isn't going to fit for everyone. Some may find it to be very engaging and very energizing. For others, it may instead be very draining. So I just gave you examples of social interactions that I'm prioritizing. But what about you? What about your team? What are some opportunities that fit for you? Is it a quick social check-in at the beginning of the day with your core team? Is it an icebreaker that helps people to learn more about each other? Is it the opportunity to volunteer together? which, as we talked about before, can also help with your community well-being, by the way. Is it just creating a space, whether in person or virtual, where people can meet up and chat? Think about, based on the knowledge that you have about yourself and about those you lead, what opportunities are going to fit the best? Truly, one size does not fit all when it comes to enhancing social well-being. Now, a couple of notes on setting up these social opportunities. First of all, virtual meetings can make it really difficult to develop or enhance any sort of social relationships. The fact is, they're just too goal-oriented. So if you want to include some socializing and some building of trust and enhancing of social well-being in those meetings, make sure you're very clear about the expectations so people don't feel weird about talking about non-task-oriented topics during the call. Second note. Social media has to be used very intentionally if you're using it as an opportunity to enhance your social well-being. Often social media fosters awareness without connection. We're aware of what is going on in people's lives, 
but we're not necessarily connected to them. We may feel like we know and are connected to someone just because we can see into their lives. But unless we're communicating back and forth, there is really no connection. Mindless scrolling just leaves everyone drained and does nothing to enhance your social well-being. Okay, so we know ourselves. Hopefully we're helping others to know themselves. We've set up opportunities that fit. The third tip is to remember your why. Why are we even doing this? Sometimes people may feel that social interactions, especially at work, are inefficient. But the research that I mentioned at the beginning shows that this is just not the case. Help others to let their efficiency guard down by making sure that everyone understands how important social well-being is. Not just for your personal health and longevity, but also for business outcomes. How will you work on your social well-being this week? I want to know. I want to hear from you so badly that if you send me an email to let me know what you're doing to work on your social well-being this week at Terry, T-E-R-I, at MomsThatLead.com, I'll buy you a coffee. Now, you do need to send me this email before the end of April 2022. So if you're listening later, I apologize. I would still love to hear from you, but the coffee's only coming this month. And if you're interested in getting to know yourself better using the Clifton Strengths Assessment and using that to improve your well-being, send an email to that same address, and I'll give you more information about the different ways that we can help. Again, that address is Terry, T-E-R-I, at MomsThatLead.com. I hope you have a wonderful week. As always, until next time, lead with love.